golf and rock and roll. Not logical, but it is fascinating. Playing down that big old fairway. Don't want no hackers to get in my way. The boys and me got a big NASA going. We were born to drive. It's the Golf Insiders, giving you the inside scoop on all things golf. Now, here are your Golf Insiders on 740 The Game. Hello, Orlando. You're listening to the Golf Insiders, taking you home on the fairways of I-4 in the house. Holly G, along with my dynamic duo, Kevin Sternad from the Golden Bear Club and Will Perry. Good evening, Holly G. Fresh off the plane from Lost Wages, <laughs> a.k.a. Las Vegas and the PGA Expo. Uh, had a quick turnaround trip there out Monday back this morning, but... We're here. We're in the saddle. We got lots to talk about tonight. Uh, how about Justin Rose, Olympic champion? Yeah, pretty cool. Huh? Great finish. Pretty. Really, I mean, to see um, Henrik go through another battle like that from just a few weeks ago. I mean, I enjoyed watching it. Yeah, and I, not quite as epic as Troon in the Open Championship, but a lot of back and forth. And, you know, it. It played out in the end. You had, you know, three of the best players in the world who were competing. You know, Justin Rose, major champion. Henrik Stenson, now major champion. And Matt Kuchar. American. American. Standing on the podium. How? How pumped. Pretty unlikely scenario there for him to have come back like that. Oh, yeah. He was five under to start the day. and shot eight under? Seven under? I think it was eight under, yeah. yeah. It was incredible. But if, if I were to think of the one out of the four of those that would get that sort of patriotic extra, you know, pep in his step on on Sunday, I really wasn't surprised to see to see Matt pull off a great round. And, you know, they had talked a while, you know, previously that those last you know three holes could bring some real drama at the end. And, uh, you know, it proved to be the case. And I thought the. Golf course, hats off to Gil, Hans, and his group. Uh, the players loved it, looked great on television, and they're right. going to leave a great venue behind after the women's compete this week. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and I think one of the best parts was the some of the players proactively taking a stance of supporting supporting the Olympics and what they had just experienced as compared to the weeks leading up into and even the week and days leading up into the event. You know, there was so much, not so much negativity, if you will, but there, it wasn't coming in guns blazing in terms of being on an extremely positive note. Right. Definitely. You did, um, you know, leading up to the Olympics, it was all the negativity and then, right. and then all the pictures of, of Bubba and Ricky and Matt and Patrick Reed and all the other celebrities that were, that, that you know, that we think are celebrities that are athletes um, when they were there in the Olympic Village. I mean... Did anybody write, oh, I, I contracted Zika, oh, I, well, there was some well, I think Johnny Miller but... said he didn't see one mosquito the whole time he was there. Go figure, yeah, right? go figure. I mean, all these guys were scared 
to death to go there, and it didn't turn out to be like that at all, except for Ryan Lochte. Well, and Justin Rose had said at the beginning of the year that his number one goal for 2016 was to be an Olympic champion. And, you know, I think we saw that uh, the, the, the man who had it in his sights all year long came out on top. Absolutely. And it's funny because um, uh, who we're going to talk to later, Mr. Sean Foley, is, uh, is a member at my club, and he was in the golf shop yesterday, and we were talking about Justin Rose and leading up to the Olympics, and you know we can ask him some of those questions later on. And it was really interesting how he was gearing up for the Olympics and whatnot. So my hat's off to Sean Foley and Justin Rose and um, all the hard work and dedication that they've put into this um, Olympic goal, and they achieved it. So hats off to them. Yeah, and he had said prior to the Olympics, Justin Rose said, I hope my resume one day will read multiple major champion, but let's just call it major champion and Olympic gold medalist. I'd be a very, very happy man. And he certainly looked that way as he stepped up onto that podium. Uh, You know, yes, despite the fact that, you know, golfers of this era, what they have always dreamed about are, you know, as being a major champion or the Masters or the U.S. Open champion. But for the future, uh, what what these Olympics did in terms of of golf and worldwide viewership. I mean, the the numbers were off the charts. Right. Eight point eight million viewers. The uh, you know, which equals only only second to the Masters. So you know, it was all good for golf. Now, so you know, they're going to have it in Tokyo uh, in four years. But next year, they're supposed to be voting on it to see if it's going to succeed. Remember, going into this, we had thought, oh, my gosh, there's no way. I mean, Jordan Spieth's pulling out. Adam Scott's pulling out. Charles Schwarzer's pulling out. Hideki Matsuyama's pulling out from the Golden Bear Club. And um, we thought, there's no way it's going to go past four more years. Maybe now, after all this excitement, maybe it'll be in there for a long time to come. I think you've got to say there's like a 90% chance that it's going to happen. I mean, even Jordan Spieth afterwards, he sent a tweet about, oh, it's now my goal in 2020 to play in the Olympics. Those guys were just skeptical going in. They didn't see it as being a priority. You know, Sergio and Henrik and, and Justin Rose and countless others talked about how great the actual experience was. None of them had ever been in that environment. How were they supposed to know what it was going to be like? And I think that feedback is going to really change the perspective um, you know, moving forward. And right. I think without a doubt that that would be beyond. Kuchar made an eagle and six birdies to shoot the eight under 63 on Sunday. Afterwards, uh, he commented, I was amazed by the nerves. I can assure I've never been so excited to finish top three in my life. The pride was busting out of my chest. I'd love to carry the momentum like this. There's certainly nothing like winning a PGA Tour event. Here, I realize it's third, but I've never felt this sort of pride busting out of my chest before. I think that says it all. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Well, absolutely. I mean, him looking at his medal at the uh, award ceremony, I think the two uh, visions that I take away, and remember, he three-putted the drivable par four. <laughs> you know, I mean, unfortunately, and he was right on there. 18, too. And, yeah, missed that birdie putt on 18. Oh, my gosh, that was... It was unbelievable. What was it, maybe 10 feet? It was probably like 10, 12 feet. Yeah. But the two visions that I'll take away are Kuchar staring at the medal and Justin Rose when he putted out and he gave the fist pump and then he grabbed his shirt as to say, Great Britain, Great Britain. 
You know, when he was, he was so pumped. pumped. He was. He was very pumped. That that was cool to see. Like, that's what you want to see, I think, out of yeah. the players, don't you? I mean, I think, and that's what Jordan Spieth was probably like, I want to do that. Yeah. That's what I want to do. I, I want to be that guy going, America, America. <laughs> well, we had Henrik Stenson fighting to complete what might be, you know, just, well, there's still a lot of golf left to go this season, but to have won a gold medal, he had commented last week, I believe it was to Todd Lewis, that what a gold medal would mean uh, in his country above and beyond his having won the Open Championship, which I thought was really interesting. And it, it turned out, too, in terms of the number of people that watched uh, in Sweden, they had an average of 550,000 people. It peaked at 1.5 million. That's almost 10% of the country which is 9.5 million. So when you also look at what those, who those three represent, uh, you know, it speaks very loudly, too, about the, you know, what the Olympics is all about, the, the global aspect of the Olympics and being on that big stage. And uh, certainly we don't know the effects of it yet, but as you mentioned in your blog on the Golf Insiders, Will, the perception definitely changed and... Um, you know, it's all good for golf. Yeah, I think that as we watch the Olympics, you know, I mean, I sit on the couch and I'm watching, whether it's beach volleyball or I'm watching track and field or I'm watching swimming or gymnastics. If they're wearing a USA shirt, I'm like pulling for that person. I don't even know who else is racing or whatever, but I find myself screaming at the television, come on, come on. I know. I mean, I, <laughs> their swimming is on countless times during the year. I never watch swimming other than you know, I'm glued to the TV a couple of nights a week watching gymnastics and swimming and track and field. I mean, I watched the the what was it the 1600 meter uh, women's like uh, long distance run the other night. Like, right. when would you ever watch that at any other point? And you know, as as golfers, we've never had that experience. We've never watched Olympics for golf, and and I think it's going to get other people watching golf because it's now in the Olympics. And I just think it's hard for everyone to really put that in perspective. Like you can't even, you know, qualify that in your own mind of, right. of, um, you know, the impact that that can have. Oh yeah. I think, I think, uh, there's probably a lot of eight, nine, 10, 11, 12 year old kids that are like, man, if I just keep practicing, I could be that guy in four years in Tokyo, you know, or four years after that, wherever it's going to be. I don't know where the Olympics are going to be after that, but, um, Maybe they'll, that's, their, that's their goal, to strive to be there. Well, as I mentioned, I just got back from the PGA Expo out in Las Vegas, where uh, it's a, quite a bit smaller show than we have here in Orlando, but uh, quite a number of apparel companies as well as some new equipment companies and some uh, training products that are introduced at this show as people get uh, sort of a dress rehearsal for the, the Super Bowl of golf, which is the Orlando PGA Merchandise Show couple of products that you might want to check out and um, get some early uh, dibs on before they actually launch at this year's uh, January show. Really cool company, Kevin and Will. October Golf Gear. This is a golf bag company, completely customizable golf bags for golfers. This product, it's really cool. They've got the, they've got the bag, and then there are over 16 customizable pockets you can choose and, you know, apply to the bag. They've got special hooks as well as Velcro. So whether it's for your 
uh, radar detector or your uh, speakers for your iPhone. There's all these different ways that you can uh, customize your golf bag. Another- that sounds like right up my dad's alley. I can't. His his golf bag is three times as heavy as anybody else's golf bag. <laughs> Well, that's just uh, one of the cool products I saw out there, and we're going to be previewing some more. You're listening to the Golf Insiders, 96.9 The Game. We've got Todd Lewis from the Golf Channel coming up next. Stay with us. Quite an impact, actually, uh, when he sank that three iron and hit me in the back of the head. I can't believe I'm into this. I really hate to lose. Asking forgiveness. Got the struggler's blues. We're back. The Golf Insiders taking you home on the fairways of I-4. In the house, Holly G, Kevin Sternett from the Golden Bear Club, and our social media caddy, Will Perry. That's a new one. Keeping us uh, all in touch with you, and hopefully we're helping you chill out on uh, the fairways of ultimate under construction I-4. Um you know, it's kind of a bear out there. And the 429, as we just heard through the uh, traffic update. Yes. And um, a little update about an event we're very happy to be uh, involved with and partnering with, the Golf United Charity Scramble for Pulse, which we've been speaking about and uh, talking about the last few weeks. We are actually sold out thanks Yay! to everybody's uh, participation uh, I think probably next year we're going to need two courses because we've had so much interest and support in the event. But there is still ways for you to contribute and be involved. Uh, there's still whole sponsors available as well as the opportunity to make a donation of any kind. Uh, go to golfunited.org, golfunited.org. Help us reach our goal uh, the needs are great, and it's many of the victims and families. It's going to be a long-term uh, needs. So we're uh, all proceeds are going to benefit one Orlando fund and Pulse of Orlando, and we appreciate all of our listeners for helping to make this a great event. And speaking of great events, incredible, incredible Olympic coverage by. Our very own golf channel here in Orlando just filled the fans with so much incredible golf, great background stories, and one of our favorite golf insiders was there every step of the way. Todd Lewis, hello, my friend. Hey, guys, how are you? Fantastic. Are you back? No. Uh, (laughs) No, I'm here... uh, for the women's competition, which is kind of underway today. So uh, it ends on Saturday, and then I fly back on Sunday. So you're doing double duty. Good for you. Yeah. So your um, impressions, Todd, I know you got a chance to talk to all of the of the players who placed and uh, were on the podium on Sunday. It was just extraordinary to watch that ceremony. We've been talking about it in the, in the last segment. Uh, Justin Rose just, you know, looking like his uh, – Hart was going to come out of his chest. Uh, Henrik, of course, unfortunately, not getting it done on 18. And uh, uh, Matt Kuchar coming from nowhere in that amazing 63. Really quite an, uh, a fantastic finish to the Olympics being back for the first time in 112 years. 
Well, you know, it's like um, I've, I've said many times before, we did not know what to expect from a golf media perspective, from a fan perspective, from a player perspective. You know, we've, we've heard all the stories heading into the Olympics, and you had at the time the top four players in the world, and Jason Day and Dustin Johnson and Jordan Spieth and Gordon McElroy opting to pull out. But you had a podium, a medal podium, that had two major champions and an American. Um, so I think it was wonderful. And, um, you know, I, I think the, the guys who opted not to come here, I respect their decision, but I think it was a mistake. Um, I think they just got some bad scouting information. So I, I, I understand why they made the decision, but, I, I mean, who knows what's going to happen to their golf game over the next four years. They may not ever get an opportunity to compete in the Olympics again. And I can tell you, ever since um, I've arrived, ever since the players have arrived, they have just um, really just been invigorated. And it's been a wonderful event on the men's side. It continues to be that on the women's side. It really has been a furthering of golf globally, and I think it's been a huge success in the Olympic Games. Hey, Todd, it's Kevin. How are you? Good. How are you? Good, man. Hey, so being part of the media, do you, um, and I'm sure you guys have an area that you get to hang out in, do you guys get to go to the Olympic Village where the athletes are participating? And what's kind of the buzz going around there as far as, um, you know, the, the, the participants there? Like, what are they talking about? Well, um, I could go to the village, but to be frank, Kevin, I haven't had an opportunity because I've been working from 5 a.m. till 6.30 or 7 p.m. every day. <clears throat> and, Frank, I'm just tired. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I haven't been to the village. Um, but I have had the opportunity to go to other sporting events. Um, as a matter of fact, tonight I'm going to uh, go check out the gold medal match in table tennis. That's right. Yeah. It's an Olympic sport. I love it. It's it, 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 Doubles, doubles table tennis gold medal match. So looking forward to that. Um, there's, there's, there's just a tremendous energy. I've never been to the Olympics, so it's, you know, it's kind of hard to describe. It's very difficult to compare it to something else. But it, it really is, I guess, a unification of countries and cultures here that is woven through sport uh, of all varieties. And, you know, you really do get an, an uplifting by being here. I mean, I, I'm not, like, I promise you, I'm, this is my own observation. I'm not trying to push the Golf Channel or NBC line. It really has been something that is, I, I will never forget. It's quite memorable. Not necessarily the people who are winning or the Michael Phelps or the Usain Bolts and stuff, but it's, you know, the team from, here's a perfect example. I, was, I went to weightlifting this week, and the energy in the arena for weightlifting was unbelievable. It's weightlifting. They throw, you know, weights over their heads. I just like I thought it'd be like you know maybe fifty, hundred people there. No, they had close to two or three thousand people there. The gym was just rocking, and and the gold medal winner was from Iran. When am I going to see an Iranian win a gold medal? I mean, it was just really cool, and people were rooting for him. You know, despite all the differences politically and culturally across the world, uh, you know, people were were. We're encouraging this man to accomplish his goal of winning a gold medal. So I thought that was really, really cool and a perfect indication of what the Olympic Games are about. Yeah, and last night the um, Brazilian pole vaulter, when he you know reached his record, right? Wasn't it nineteen seven or something? And he just looked like he was floating over that thing. But you know, you could tell that he had been so buoyed up and pumped up by doing you know this in front of the home crowd. 
Well, I'm gonna have to take your word on it, uh, Holly, because there's, there's a couple things here that um, are some issues in regards to being at the Olympics. One is, I, as I mentioned, I'm I'm in a golf bubble and I'm working so many hours. The other is, when I turn my TV on in my hotel room, it's all in Portuguese, and so I can't understand <laughs> what anybody's saying. <laughs> so I'll just I'll just go by. You know, and, and the Brazilian fans have been great, and if indeed he did that, um, they would they would be going crazy here. Well, we've been talking about the the other uh, verification of the effects of golf in the Olympics, and that, as we know, especially in your business, comes down to TV viewership, and it was off the charts and huge. And kudos to the Golf Channel, Todd, because you carried all the coverage. So you know this this was matching. The ratings, you know, uh, just behind the Masters, which is carried on network. And that, of course, it doesn't even include all of the streaming uh, in terms of, you know, people who are watching, not on, you know, television or cable. So congratulations to the channel. I know that's a big undertaking. Yeah, thank you. More people watch um, over the weekend the men's individual competition uh, than any other tournament this year with the exception of the Masters. Um, so, yeah, we're very proud of it. Uh, we're a huge, again, leap of faith. We really didn't know what to expect. But, um, you know, I think it just shows, again, that, that the Olympics and golf in the Olympics is a bigger deal than people thought. You know, the players, I feel like, tried to downplay it, you know, whether it was schedule or Zika or security and water. And those are legitimate concerns. I'm not discounting that. But I think there is an interest. And... Um, I frankly think that those guys who opted not to come here for, for their reasons, again, I respect them, but they, they made a mistake. They had an opportunity to not only grow the game a bit, which, you know, I, I, I feel like they have a responsibility, and I think a large majority of the players feel like they have a responsibility, but also to represent their nation, their individual nation, not a team, not a continent, but to go out as themselves with their country on their bag and to play for a lot more than money or FedEx Cup points and stuff like that. So it really is cool. Hopefully hopefully these players that opted not to come here will see everything that's happened and when 2020 comes around and say, yeah, I'm all in. Because all the women are in. Yeah, None spe- of them are, are dropping out with the exception of one. Yeah, speaking of the women, uh, their matches started today. Uh, they, they play Wednesday through Saturday with the closing ceremonies being on Sunday. So uh, give us an update. What's going on there in the, in the women's? Well, well, the hottest female golfer on the planet, Arya Jatanagard, um, is her leader after round number one. And, you know, all the big names are right there. Indy Park, former number one in the world in the LPGA Hall of Fame. He's, he's struggled as of late. Uh, this is an interesting story, Indy Park. She's won back. She missed the last two major championships because she's been bothered by a ligament a ligament injury in her left thumb. Um, she did play in Korea in the first week of August in her home country on that country's tour, missed the cut. So she was injured, didn't have any form. And folks in Korea said that she should drop out of the Olympics. Indy Park, former number one in the world, drop out of the Olympics so another Korean could take her place, which would further the chances for Korea to be on the medal stand. But she said, no, I'm going to play. She uh, quieted those doubters today with a 566. So, you know, that's, a, that's an interesting story to watch, too. But, you know, Lydia Coe's still in the mix. The Americans are still right there. Lexi Thompson had a good day. So 
So a good opening day with a very nice leaderboard as we move into tomorrow and to Saturday, which should be just as thrilling, I think, as many individual competition was over the weekend. All right. And I no doubt you've got wall-to-wall coverage as well, Todd, on the Golf Channel for the next few days. Yeah, we'll be bright, we'll be up bright and early. If everybody wants to set their alarm clock, we'll come on at 6 a.m. tomorrow morning with a little Golf Channel uh, live from the Olympics preview from 7 to 7.30 and then uh, live cover, excuse me, 6 to I forget where our head. Six to six thirty Eastern time, and then at six thirty we'll be on with live tournament coverage uh, until the last ball drops. All right, Todd Lewis from the Golf Channel checking in with us from Rio. Have a great rest of the week, my friend, and travel safely. Thank you. You're listening. You're listening to Golf Insiders ninety six nine The Game. We've got more golf talk coming up. Sean Foley, Justin Rose's swing coach. Up next. Hey, Harry, thanks a lot for all the security you provide for us. Well, that's my job to keep all those nuts away from you. That's just the way it is. Don't play in pebble, won't pay the price. I love my muni, I think it's nice. just Golf Insiders taking you home on the fairways of I-4 in the house Holly G, along with Kevin Sternett and Will Perry in the house. Um, like I said, boys, I just got back from Las Vegas, the PGA Fashion and Demo Experience is what they call it now, and um, there were some great, great new apparel products, including... Uh, a, a new patented design. Men are going to want a heads up on this. The, the apparel company is called Colo, C-O-L-L-O, and they've actually patented the back of the collar, the neck, so that it goes up and covers right to the base of your, your hairline. And then, you know, a, a regular collar in front. But this, this is really cool looking stuff. It's got SPF 50 built into the fabric. And they're going to be launching, this was a soft launch for them, but a great new product. We know how important it is to stay covered up in uh, the prevalence of skin cancer. I'd be in favor of that. As you can tell, I got a little sun this weekend. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, when it's 112 degrees out in the desert, no thanks. Uh, you felt like you were a French fry out there on the driving range. I can imagine. But anyway, um, of course, we've been talking about the big victory by Justin Rose, now Olympic gold medalist Justin Rose. And we are so fortunate that his swing coach happens to live right here in Orlando. Uh, One of the best coaches in our business, Golf Digest Top 50 instructor, and uh, as we know, has coached many of the best on the PGA Tour. And now an Olympic Gold medalist Sean Foley on the line. Thanks, Sean, for joining the Golf Insiders. Yeah, thanks for having me. How are you? Great. Uh, Holly G and Kevin here. Um, curious, did you go over to Brazil before the tournament started? No, I was with Justin at the British Open and the PGA. And uh, I think it, it worked out to where it was good, where he was going to go down for two weeks. And, you know, sometimes it's Sometimes it's important for us as people, players, um, to 
you know, sometimes when you got people trying to help all the time, um, the inner voice of the player gets kind of muted and washed out. So I thought it was absolutely a fantastic time for Justin to go down and be a part of the Olympics. Justin is a person who gets, he's very observational and he gets inspired by things and that's really what fuels him. So being amongst all the um, athletes, I mean, the thing is, you know, on a PGA tour where you play for $8 million or $7 million a week and you're down there training in the gym with guys who have worked two jobs to try and get one second faster to maybe medal and that they put eight years of their life into it. So I think, I think for, for him, when I saw him on the course, I just saw like a lot of purpose and a lot of focus. And I think that sometimes it can get whitewashed in, you know, what the industry has become where these guys become very famous and this and that. So I think he took his golf back to the, uh, the, the roots, the the root. And, uh, yeah, he played. Uh, he played beautifully. Yeah, you know, it's uh, it's funny. As golf instructors, we're not just like what Holly said. Like you're his swing coach, but we're psychological coaches as well. And uh, you know, when you come in the golf shop, and obviously we love the stories that you give us and the inside information that uh, you know nobody else gets, <clears throat> and we really appreciate it uh, wholeheartedly. You have no idea. So uh, listening yeah, to, no, you, I mean that's the it's the whole thing. It's like you know when you you know when Holly when Holly gave me that very kind thing, when I hear people talk about like what I've done or all that, it just, I kind of giggle to myself because it's like, you know, the thing is if a guy wins a tournament, you're a great coach. And if he misses five cuts in a row, what are you doing to him? So, you know, there's, there's more to, uh, there's more to our score than, you know, than our swing or our putting stroke or our chipping or our pitching. And for me, as someone who cares a lot about Justin Rose and we've been together for seven years, I know how incredible he is um, to see him be so classy. And, and, and he's been, he's been interested in the Olympics for, I promise you longer than anybody. And then he's, he's been so like optimistic and excited about it the whole time uh, as guys were dropping out and never even became a function of his, of, of, of his thought. And what was interesting to see is, just to see kind of in four days how much it mutated into a really big thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's tens of millions of people around the world who've never seen golf ever, never held a golf club, never nothing. And so the pretty much the four or five holes that the major network showed, not on the golf channel, there's tens of millions of people watching golf for the first time. And they watch these two incredible guys, like six, four, 200 pounds and six, Four, 220 pounds playing golf at this level and, and hitting these great shots and, and dealing with the failures. And I mean, it was, it was really, really cool. It's like, there's so many people in this world right now who would never see the masters because it's not really covered in their country, but the Olympics is shown everywhere. And to see Henrik Stenson and, and Justin Rose coming down the last five holes as people's first kind of look into golf. Um, I mean, how cool is that? I, yeah, awesome. I, I, I have a really um, uh, personal question for you is when he won at Marion, Marion at the uh, U.S. Open a couple of years ago and winning the gold medal here, I'm sure you were probably one of the f- top two people that he called. What was his tonality and his excitement on, on those two phone calls on, diff- on levels? Like, which would you say was greater, the Olympic gold medal or the U.S. Open at Marion? Because that was his first major. Well, it's probably different because at that point, like there was no Olympics, 
Mm-hmm. So, you know, at Marion, um, you know, we had a great talk and, and it, it was, fan, it was, it was, it was fantastic. I couldn't have been um, happier for the guy. Cause I just, I think personally, I just don't really, I don't really believe he has an equal um, in golf. And as time goes on, I think like we may have like, the, you know, the second player to be 38 or 39 years of age and be, and be number one in the world. And with the Olympics, it was just, he really set out for this. Like he was, very focused and very serious about it. And it, and it mattered to him to represent great Britain and all the athletes that he'd met during the week to make sure that he gave them, um, you know, his best effort. And so I think it was, I think it was uh, different in a sense, but the one part that I loved about it the most was that when he called his son, Leo um, and Leo was very emotional about his dad winning a gold medal Um so that kind of connection that he had with his son, um, it, to me, is, was just fantastic. So it's like, you know, his son's watched him play golf a million times, but the gold medal made it different. It's like it was a different thing to him. Um, and so I think that's probably the most special thing that came from it was this just moment and caption in time where him and his son got to a, a really beautiful level uh, at a cellular level. So um, I'm, I'm not about... It's not to me. It's not about the wins. It's not about the top tens or the money. It's about the humans and the people who are partaking in golf, which I call the beautiful struggle. And so to watch people kind of overcome themselves, I think is always just so great. Absolutely, Sean. And we, you know, talk about that week after week, you know, on our show, and and many players that have to overcome. I mean, you look at Henrik Stenson back in 2010. You know, his, he'd fallen off the rails in terms of his golf game. And when you see guys like this dig so deep and, you know, pull themselves back and then, you know, get that win, then, you know, he went through that streak, um, winning the FedEx Cup and now a major champion. When you see these guys uh, and, and what it takes to get that confidence back, you know, that's what I think is truly unique about our sport because you're not surrounded by a team. You know, it's you against yourself yeah i mean i would say just period in life like the biggest competitor any of us have is ourselves so it's it's i think there's the kind of that person that we are like it's funny you know you listen to sports psychologists talk about being patient being positive and it's like i've never had to tell a two-year-old to be patient or positive you know what i mean (laughs) so kind of the shackles of that occur as we can we, we start to become more funny like as we become more intellectual in a way we become more dumb and um you know the uh, the misunderstanding of thought and where it comes from and how that affects people um you know basically is you know we tell ourselves a story and then we manifest it and we live it and i think that you know to watch these guys get kicked down and beat up i mean think about the people who have influenced kind of uh civilization the most i mean their stories are like unbelievably hard and so you know, sometimes when we're out playing golf or we're struggling with something in life, we keep trying to fix it where I think, to be honest with you, I think at 42, I really believe now that the obstacle is the path. Like that we think there's the right way to do things, but there isn't. And we need to look a little deeper at our adversity to realize that the, all the tutelage is in that. Um, and I think that's where you learn the good stuff. You know, it's like you can't, you can read all the books you want. You can have all the knowledge you want, but wisdom comes from experiencing things. So, we have to get out of our comfort zone 
um, and go into the unknown where we'll find like plentitude of things for us to uh, continue to grow from. Well, Sean, it's a pleasure to uh, spend this time with you and uh, congratulations on this tremendous victory. Uh, at the end of the day, you do share it with your uh, student. And I think um, also that, you know, coaches and the caddies, you know, the players now refer to all of you as the team and we. And, you know, um, it, it does. It, it takes a village in some respects today uh, to be out there on the PGA Tour. And uh, we thank you so much for spending some time with us and hope to have you on again. Okay, you guys have a good night. Uh, good talking to you, Kev. See you all. Right. All right. Sean Foley, thanks so much. You're listening to the Golf Insiders 96.9 The Game. Uh, take a deep breath. We're going to be right back with more golf talk. Well, I don't want to take all the credit for their talent, but uh, first I had to teach them to play golf. Then I had to teach them to sing, and then I taught them to play various instruments, none of which they do very well. I want my dream. Yeah, yeah, really not so We're back. The Golf Insiders. Wrapping up an hour of intelligent golf talk in the house. Holly G. Running on fumes here back from Las Vegas and Kevin Sternett and Will Perry, my ultimate dream team. And uh, hey, there was other golf going on. A major in the Champions Tour, the U.S. Senior Open. Gene Sowers winning for the first time his first major, uh, avoiding a playoff with the most interesting man in golf, Miguel Angel Jimenez <laughs> and Billy Mayfair. Great stuff up there in Ohio. Great finish. Yeah, Billy Mayfair just turned 50. Yeah. Like last week. Yeah. This was his first event. Yep. And um, right from our backyard of uh, good old Tampa. So we're going to go straight to Steve Eubanks, who was there at the tournament, to check in with him about the finish at the U.S. Senior Open, as well as his thoughts on the Women's Olympics. Hey, Steve. How are you, Holly? Doing well, my friend. You've been uh, road tripping. I know you were up uh, in Ohio for the Senior Open, and I know uh, the LPGA being your main beat for Global Golf Post, that you are very excited about what is uh, starting to unfold in Rio today. No, I'm thrilled. I really am thrilled. I'll tell you, I, I, you know, watching the women in Rio and the excitement and the nervousness and all the things that they are experiencing out there, it, you know, it's something special. I mean, I, it, it really is dawning on them that they are making history. Uh, and I think once they got over there and once they realized, hey, we're Olympians, uh, you know, you, there, there was your photos of, of them hanging out with Katie Ledecky and, and you know, the other, the other athletes and being in the village and, and all of the, the buzz surrounding everything that's going on there. I think, they're, you know, they're all very, very excited now. Uh, and, and you can see it. I mean, you can see it in, in the nervousness with the way they started out. Uh, and then you can see it in the excitement that they're showing when they're posting good numbers. So it, it's really it's fascinating. It's great, it's great to see. So who should we be keeping our eyes on in terms of uh, the U.S. players, given the golf course? And we've certainly gotten a good sneak peek of who, uh, you know, how it fared for the men. And, you know, this is another unusual situation where we've got back-to-back, you know, championships, if you will, 
just like uh, occurred at the U.S. Open at Pinehurst a few years ago. Well, it's fantastic because, well, I mean, obviously, Harriet Jonjagarn, who is leading right now, is the best player in the game at this moment. Uh, so she, she's someone that uh, you, you have to keep your eye on. She's she's so long that she can blast it past a lot of the a lot of the bunkers and a lot of the hazards, and can take some shortcuts on that golf course that nobody else in the field is going to be able to take. Uh, and the other one from the American side is Lexi Thompson. I mean, Lexi has her father on the bag now. Uh, it, it's a, it's a fresh change for her. She's in the process of interviewing new caddies, but for the time being, uh, her dad has been her only coach her entire life. Uh, and to have him out there with her, encouraging and and uh, and you know just communicating with her as as he has since she was a small child, I think is wonderful for her. And she's the player that I would watch because she's the player for whom this Olympics means the most. Very interesting. And we might point out, as we have before on the show, that Arya is coached by uh, our very own Gary Gilchrist of the Gary Gilchrist Golf Academy at uh, Mission Inn here in Orlando. He, she is, and I have had a discussion with him about her. Uh, and, you know, he, he was – he really – he thought this is, the, this is the wealth of talent that, that, uh, that I haven't seen in a long, long time. Uh, and she just needed a confidence boost. Uh, and, you know, you, when, you, when you lose your confidence, sometimes it's difficult to get it back. She had the injury, uh, and she blew the lead in her native, in her native uh, Thailand. And so it was, it was tough for her to, to get over those mental and psychological obstacles. But once she did it, she really is on a path to, uh, you know, I think, incredible stardom. Absolutely. So MB Park, we were talking about uh, her a little bit before uh, we went on air today. And, you know, you, you have some insights about her. Uh, you know, she's been having this, this uh, issue with a thumb injury. Um, but, you know, also here she came out and shot uh, five under par to put herself one shot out of the lead. She's had sort of a roller coaster year. Uh, your thoughts on MB? You know, I think Envy is still injured, and I, I'm not sure that, uh, that it's going to get better unless she has surgery or takes a long, long time off. Um, quite frankly, this may be her swan song. Now, I mean, I don't want to write a retirement document for her, but um, just from talking with her and seeing how she's conducting herself and, and all of the things that she's intimating, I mean, she's already in the Hall of Fame, which was her, which is her primary goal. She already has the career Grand Slam again, a big goal of hers. And now to be in the Olympics, to be an Olympian was kind of the capstone of what she wanted to accomplish. I know she wants to start a family, so you know it's it's one of those things where when you look at all of the things in in her career and in her life, this may be the the swan song. This may be the grind hurrah. Um, and I'm I'm thrilled to death that she played as well as she did in the opening round. Given the rust on her game right now, I'm not sure she's going to be able to keep it up. But it's it's great to see you know her near the top of the leaderboard. Meanwhile, Stacy Lewis managed to tie the knot before going over to Rio. Congratulations to her. We know it's been probably not so so far the year that she would have hoped for, but you know I think she's obviously had a lot on her mind as she's mo- moving into this uh, next stage of her life. But do you think maybe uh, the now that that's passed and she's maybe uh, coming off the euphoria of her wedding that uh, this might be good for her in the Olympics? I hope so. I hope she plays well. I can tell you she looks a lot happier. Um, I think that just the stress of 
the season being what it was with the compressed schedule and all the majors being clustered together and the Olympics coming up and the wedding coming up, it wore on her. And you could see it. You could see it in her face. She, she, wasn't, she wasn't as happy off the golf course um, as, I have, as I have known her to be in the past. And so, you know, now I'm, I'm looking at her, and she just really seems to be enjoying herself. I mean, I know she didn't play as well as she hoped to. She's still in the mix at even par. But, you know, I, I just think she's having fun again, uh, which is something that she definitely needed. We just have about 30 seconds, Steve. I'm curious, what do you see uh, moving forward that, the, uh, that could make the Olympics better as we look to Japan? Again, I think it needs to be a team competition. Look, they have they have team and individual gymnastics. Why couldn't you have team and individual golf? When we do it in the NCAAs, figure out a way. There has to be a way to have a team element to this. And I think if they do that, that golf will be here for a long, long time. I couldn't agree more. Thank you, Steve Eubanks. Check him out. His ongoing coverage of the LPGA, globalgolfpost.com. And uh, to all of our listeners... Don't forget our big charity event, Golf United for Pulse, coming up August 26th. That's Friday, August 26th. You can still donate. Please go to United, golfunited.org. That's golfunited.org. Thanks for listening. We love you. Bye-bye.